Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's give it up for Jesus one more time. Let's go. Man, we're so excited you guys are here with us, everybody at home, everybody in the room. And uh, before I kick this off, I need, to, I need to make a request of you if I can, all right? Uh, and so uh, if you look around this room, there's not a lot of empty seats, all right? And uh, I, I, want you to, I want to invite you to pray about uh, whoever can moving to either the 8.30 or 11.30 service for us. Uh, for the record, there weren't that many seats in there. There's just more than there are in here, all right? And so... Um, there may be a fourth service on the horizon for us uh, coming, but we're going to try to hold that off as long as we can. And so uh, for those of you that are in here that's like, man, I, I could make that shift, uh, man, we, we would invite you to say yes to that. That could be a huge help for us. Because uh, how many guys know if we make more room for more people, more people can hear about Jesus. And you, right? So uh, we invite you to say yes to that if you can. But, uh, man, we are super, super excited about what God is doing here at Transformation Church in the lives of people. And, uh, man, I, I know we all go through different seasons. We're in a season uh, kicking off this series called Fruitful. And, and uh, I remember going through the season of my life where I went from uh, working in the secular world to going into full-time ministry. Um, and, and so we, we sat down, me and my wife sat down. We knew full-time ministry was the call of God in my life. Uh, we also knew that full-time ministry pay was not what we wanted. If you don't know, it, we don't do this to get rich, all right? Uh, matter of fact, when, when I got ready to go in full-time ministry, I took about a $60,000 a year pay cut. And so uh, I was, me and my wife sat down, we were looking at each other, and we were like, are we sure this is God? <laughs> um, and it was, but it takes, it's a shift in, like, your thinking, you know what I mean? So there was, I mean, I know there were some ramen noodle weeks, some of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? I can make ramen 30 different ways. Y'all don't, y'all, y'all don't know, all right? So, um, and so we, we, we went through a season of our life where things had to shift. But here's the deal. To get where God wanted us to be, it required us to make a shift as much as we were looking for him to help make us make a shift. You, you with me today? And so we go through seasons that are like that. I went through another one of those uh, when I went from uh, being a worship team member to being a pastor. Um, because as my need to communicate and preach more, I was on worship teams for over 20 years. Um, I was on the same worship team for a long time. Uh, matter of fact, some of the people that are on our worship team now, I led worship with for like 20 years. Uh, and so we've, we've got long tenure together. And uh, so I played drums. I did, a, I did a number of things on worship teams. And, and they're finally, I, I begged God, I begged him, like, God, let me be a worship leader. Like, I, like, I, I love worship. Like, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to out-worship y'all every Sunday. I just want y'all to know. Right over here in my spot. Uh, it's not a competition, but I'm winning. All right? So, uh, but all jokes aside, I, I like, I, I love worship. And I, and I beg God, God, let me be a worship leader. And I tried and I failed uh, because I can't sing. Y'all, I can't, all right? Uh, I, I worked really, really hard to be moderately bad. And uh, that's why I sit on the front row, because no one can hear me. I'm singing forward, y'all. I'm, I'm blessing y'all in Jesus' name behind me. Y'all can't, can't hear me. But I remember uh, I loved worship so much, and I, 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 play, I could play all the instruments and do all those things, but I, I couldn't sing. God, and God spoke to me one day. He said, I, I never gave you a voice to sing because I, your voice has one purpose, and that's to preach. 
And I was, I, I was frustrated because I wanted to do this thing. And God said, no, you're going to do this thing. Um, and so finally, how many guys know there was some tension in letting go of this season to pursue this season? Right? And, uh, and, and it required a mental shift. And so uh, I told God, all right, I'll do it. And I didn't like it. And I fought with it. And a matter of fact, every worship leader that's ever been part of our church has to deal with me uh, because I'm like in the weeds a little bit. And then I'm like, no, you got it. You got it. But if you would just, you know, so um, none, I know none of y'all are like that in any area of your life, but I am. So, um, and, and so it, it kind of raised the question that I, I want all of us to reflect on for a second. But have you ever gone through a season of your life where you question God? Four, five, six. Okay, how many of us have gone through a season of our life where we question God? Matter of fact, they did a poll. They did a question. Um, Barna did a study where they said, "How many Christians have ever questioned God in their life?" A hundred percent of Christians have questioned God in their life. All right, so just I'll give you a, a spoiler there. Everyone has questioned God in their life. We've all been in that boat at some point or another, some season or another. We're like, God, I don't know about this. Right? God took a left when you wanted to take a right. He, he, God, I'm not sure about this. And because of that, I think all of us have found our seasons in either doubt, confusion, or just in some season where we're going, God, I, I need your help here. What, what am I supposed to do? I'm not sure this is the right move. I'm not sure. And when we look at the book of Habakkuk, we see this show up. And that's where we're going to hang out today. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. And in Habakkuk chapter 1, what happens is the prophet is going before the Lord, and he's asking God questions. He's like, hey, listen, what is going on here? We don't know what's happening here. We're confused about this. Like, we need clarity here. We, and, and so the, the prophet is going to God, and God answers him. And the, the prophet doesn't like his answer very much, so he starts questioning again. Anybody relate? Come on, anybody God ever gave you an answer? You're like, no, 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 let's try this again. <laughs> let's run that back. No, yeah, like, and, and so God gives him the answer. He, uh, well, what about and how come? And so he goes, and this is all in chapter one. You can go read it. Um, I'm just giving you the cliff notes for the sake of time. And, so, and then God answers him again. And after God gives him the second answer, we go to chapter two. And that's where I want to pick up for all of us because I feel like what Habakkuk explains in chapter 2 is really what God is calling all of us to if we're going to live a fruitful life. Like there's a mental shift. Say mental shift. There's a mental shift that's necessary if you're going to live a fruitful life. And, and, and I want to show you kind of what that looks like. So let's go to verses 1 through 3. And he says this, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Now, what he's saying there is, I'm going to go to my watch. I'm going to go to my station. I'm going to go to where I stand. I'm going to go to my watchtower, and I'm going to wait for God there to see what he's going to give me. The people are bringing me complaints. I'm bringing them to God. So as I'm bringing them to God, I'm going to wait to see what he's going to say to me so that I'll have an answer for the questions that I have. Right? And he goes, and he keeps going, then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it, for it will certainly come and will not delay. You see, one thing we can learn from this right away is that we can have confidence that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. And so when we're waiting, hear me, when we're waiting, God's not waiting, we're waiting. 
God's moving even when we can't see it. So, uh, so we have to realize that God is in motion even when we don't understand or see exactly what he's doing. And here's the important thing is that we don't, we don't have to worry about whether or not God's going to do what he said he's going to do. We can have a confidence God's, it's not going to prove false. Though it lingers, you can wait. It'll come. And so when we have that understanding, we look at, all right, what is Habakkuk in chapter 2? What is the process he went through? And how does that explain what kind of heart we can have when we're looking at God? And here's the first thing that I I want you to understand as we unpack this, and we're going to live a fruitful life, is that it's not about ownership. It's about stewardship in our lives. It's not about ownership. It's about stewardship in our lives. Can I help you with something today? You don't own your life. You're just stewarding it for God. So if God says you're going to do this, guess what you're going to do? You cannot like it or you can like it. Right? Psalm 23 says, uh, it says I, I'll make you to lie down in green pastures. How many guys know you can lie down or you can be made to lie down? Right? Like, so like, anybody ever, you're like, no, nah, I don't need a break. And God said, oh, you're going to take a break. Like that, that's the type of thing, like you don't, you don't own your life, you're stewarding your life. God has given you a gift with the breath in your lungs. And therefore, God is looking for, to get something out of your life as much as he's looking to invest in your life. And so you're the steward. How many guys have ever driven, been driving before, and you were in the median getting ready to turn, and traffic is coming, and you were like, if you weren't in the car with me. Come on, come on, anybody done that? Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you got a spouse that did it, give them a nudge right now. That's your time, right? If you weren't in the car with, right? It's usually not your spouse. That's your least of you. It's, it's, a, it's like someone you respect, but they don't usually ride with you. You know what I'm talking? Your boss is in the car. You're like, ah, I'm not doing that one. <laughs> right? But, but what, what, what is different now than if you were by yourself? You're stewarding someone else in the car you're driving. And listen to me. You may feel like you're driving, but you're actually stewarding the life you've already given to God. And so we, when we're looking to make a turn or we're looking to hit the gas or the brake in our lives, we have to realize it's about what God wants us to do, not just about what we want to do. We're stewarding the life God has given or entrusted to us. So we have to make yeses and nos as God leads us. But how many guys know that can be difficult to hear the voice of God, to know when he's telling me to go, Right. And in the, in, the, in the Bible, in Matthew 25, there's a story about uh, the master that gave his servants different talents, different uh, amounts of gold. He said to one he gave five, to one he gave two, and to one he gave one. And so he said, to, to this one I'm going to give you five talents of gold, to this one I'm only going to give you two, to this one I'm going to give you one. Now the important thing is the master was looking for the same level of obedience regardless of the level of gift which is important that we understand that you don't need to be worried about what somebody else got. We need to be worried about being faithful with what we got. So, so, we, so he says, be faithful with this, and the one that has five multiplied it into ten, the one that had two multiplied it into four, but the one that had one was so scared of losing it that he buried it, and the master was disappointed in him. But he looked at the one that had two and the one that had five, and this is what he said in Matthew 25, 23. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. Therefore, I will put you in charge of many things. Come in and share in your master's happiness. You see, God's not interested in you making yourself fruitful. He's interested in you making yourself faithful. 
And how often in our lives are we trying to force fruitfulness? We're trying to make things happen. We feel like we're in charge. We got to be the owner. We got to make it all. God, I'm, I'm going to do it all. And the reality is, listen, if you could do it all, you wouldn't need God. But you need God. It's not up to you to make it happen. Listen to me. It's not up to you to be fruitful. It's only up to you to be faithful. And so we don't have to take everything on our show. Now, don't get me wrong. We got to work. We got to put the work in. So don't go tomorrow and tell your boss, my pastor said that I don't, I just got to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm just going to pray 24 hours a day until God does something. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you need to be faithful in every area of your life God has placed you in because he's given it to you to steward. He still owns it. You're responsible to manage it. And if we'll be faithful to steward it well, God can trust us with more. But I think so many people are saying, God, give me a fruitful life and I'll be faithful with it. And God's saying, be faithful with the life I've given you, then I'll trust you to be fruitful. See, it's reversed in our lives. And so we have to realize what God is doing that. And that's why in Habakkuk 2, he says, I'm going to stand at my watch until I hear God. I'm going to be faithful so in other words, you've given me a commission, you've told me what to do, and I, I'm looking for an answer I haven't gotten yet, but until I get it, I'm going to stand at the place you placed to me. I'm not going to sit in my room and just cry about it. No, no, no. I'm going back to my watchtower because that's where I'm going to hear from you. I'm going to be faithful to what you asked me to do until you ask me to do something different. And so it's about stewarding our lives, not owning it. That's why Psalm 40, verses 1 through 2 says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry. And I think many of us are waiting on the Lord. I just don't know if we're doing it patiently. Guilty? Guilty? Five, six, seven, the rest of you liars. Okay, cool. So I waited, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. That's what, uh, we're waiting for God to give us that kind of clarity. That's why uh, even in Habakkuk 2, he says, I will watch to see what he will say. I'm looking for him. I'm going to put my feet where they belong. I'm looking for him to give me what only he can give me. It's not my job to make it happen. It's my job to be faithful where I'm at. And listen, if you want to live the fruitful life, listen to me. This is for free. It's not in your notes, but I'm going to give it to you anyways. If you want to live the fruitful life, start living the faithful life. Be faithful to what God has called you to in the now. But that can be difficult. That's why you have to understand that your revelation will always require isolation and elevation. Your revelation in your life, the thing you're looking for, it's always going to require some isolation and some elevation. Because here's the reality. The world is chaotic. Like, like how many of us have ever been like, God, I just need to hear your voice. And we get on TikTok 10 seconds later. Right? Like, I just need to hear from you. <laughs> like, like, God, I just need to hear from you. But every night we're out with different groups of friends trying to overcome the thing in our hearts that feels empty. Like we're, we're trying to fill some sort of void. Like we, we won't let things get quiet and we won't let things get still because if they get quiet and still, we get in our own mind, not realizing sometimes it's the quiet and the stillness is the only place we hear God. And so the reality is, listen, it's going to require some isolation and it's going to require some elevation. Hear me. Just listen to me. Everybody you love can't go with you to the place God's calling you. So you got to choose whether or not you want what God wants for you or if you want to be miserable like the people around you. Now, not all of them are miserable because some of them do get to go with you. But hear me. Some people have fallen so in love with the mountain because they don't want to do the climb. 
And so you got to realize sometimes you got to climb alone until you find some other people on the mountain that will climb with you. But hear me, you don't find them at the bottom. You find them in the middle. So start climbing, and you'll find the right people to climb with. You guys with me today? Now, if you get to take some people with you, great, but everybody don't get to go with you, all right? So I, I want to encourage you with that. So many people are like, man, it's soon, I just want to get everybody with me. And I'm like, you can be waiting a long time. Matter of fact, I, I don't even have time for this, but I'm going to give it to you anyways, all right? The reality is this. Don't be shocked when people start throwing rocks at you that weren't willing to climb the mountain with you. Moving on. Isolation to elevate. Y'all, okay, I'm just trying to help you all today. Because I think many people want to live the fruitful life. They're waiting for everybody else to be fruitful around them so they can be fruitful. The reality is, what if God wants to make you fruitful so they can be inspired to be fruitful themselves with God rather than just mooching? Like, all right. Okay. Because here's the reality. Whatever you're closest to will always seem the loudest. Whatever you're closest to will always seem the loudest. So if you're closest to complainers, you can never have a grateful heart. If you're closest to bitter people, you can never forgive the people that hurt you. If you're clo- like, so you got to choose. You, you, whatever you're closest to will naturally seem the loudest to you, right? So if, if you're constantly inundated with social media, all you're ever going to hear is fear because that's what the world is trying to convince us to do is be fearful, right? And so uh, the reason why many of us can't hear God is not because God's not speaking. It's because we're closer to something else. And so we have to choose what we're going to be closest to. And the closer we get to God, the easier it is to hear, to hear the right things instead of the wrong things. That's why Colossians 3, which is the chapter we've been using for 21 days of prayer, which, for the record, it's day 8 of 21 days of prayer right now. And we've been, it's been rocking in here. Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. right here. Saturday at 9 a.m. right here. God's been doing some amazing stuff in 21 days of prayer. Uh, miracles have happened in this building over the last eight days. I'm not, I can't share all of them with you right now, but God's doing some stuff. So, but Colossians 3, 1 through 2, it says, Since then... You have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Now, what's interesting about Colossians 3 is most people read set your heart and set your minds and think they're the same thing, but they're not the same thing. When you set your heart on something, you're setting your affections on it. See, I set my, my heart is set on my wife, Right, I have my affection set on her. My mind can be set on work, but how many guys? My heart is set on like your your heart is where your affections are. Your mind is where your thoughts are. So the Bible is saying, set your heart on things that are above where Christ is. Set your affection. Set your love. Let your love be looking towards where Christ is. Then he says, now that you've set your heart there, now set your mind there. So set your affections, then set your thoughts. Now the reason this is important is because your heart leads your thoughts, and your thoughts lead your actions. And so he's saying, set your heart, set your affections on God, then set your mind on God. Because if you'll set your heart and set your mind, then you can set your actions into doing the thing that God called you to do. And many of us think we're just going to spawn actions out of nothing. No, no, no. If your affection isn't on God and your mind isn't on God, how are you ever going to think you're going to do the will of God? And so we have to be there. But here's the thing. How do we be there if we don't know the voice of God? And that's why the next thing you need to understand is it's all about God's word. It's all about God's word. Like that's the whole thing that we have to understand. And I, I grew up in charismatic circles, so I came out of the Pentecostal church. I don't know if I would say came out of it. I came up in it. We still got a little in us. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Y'all know? Baptists in the room are like, what? I, I missed it. I missed it. Y'all, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways glory. 
But I came, I came up in charismatic circles and uh, in Pentecostal circles, and I honor that. I, we joke. We could joke in this church. If, you, if you're offended by that, you won't last long anyways. Don't worry about it. But that's not the worst thing I said today, all right? So don't. It's fine. Uh, but we, we joke about it in this church, but the reality is, like, I honor my upbringing because it gave me a connection with the Holy Spirit that, I, that is so powerful in my life. And so uh, all jokes aside. But the reason I say that is we, I came up in circles where it's like, I just need a fresh word from God. And it's like, no, honey, you need an old word from God. Like, like, God's not looking to tell you anything now that hasn't already been confirmed of old. Like, there's nothing God wants to speak now that's going to be contrary to this. Matter of fact, everything he speaks now is going to be confirmed through this because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, what, listen, the secret to hearing the voice of God is not found in new revelation. It's found in the old word. And that's why, like, we're, we're a big proponent of, like, I try to encourage people all the time. like, man, bring your Bibles. I know you got a phone. It's got a Bible on it. But you need to find one of these. Not this one exactly. You win whatever. But you need, to, like, you need your Bible because there's, some, there's something to holding God's word in your hands. Like, there just is, man. I know it's not, like, super old school or whatever. But, man, but you, you don't need some fresh revelation from God. What you really need is just to keep coming back to God's word. And don't get me wrong. I praise God for the fact that through the power of the Holy Spirit, he speaks to my heart. I praise God that in, in key moments of my life, when I've been able to make a mental shift like we're talking about, he's been able to speak a voice to me, and it confirmed what his words said, but it was alive in the moment. You guys with me today? But I'm just trying to tell you, don't think you're going to hear the supernatural voice of God in your life if you're not reading the voice, the voice of God that's already been written. And so I just want to challenge you, make, make the Bible reading plan on our website. We, have, we actually have one in the app if you want to use it because we know that's easier for some people. But, like, make the Bible reading plan that we have accessible to you through the, the Bible app or on our website. Like, make it part of your daily life. I have people sit in my office all the time. They're like, Brad, how, how do I know when it's God's voice and not just my own thoughts? And I'll say, well, which one do you listen to more? Like, in other words... Do you make it a point to digest the word of God on a regular basis? Or this just kind of like your Sunday thing, but you don't really mess with it Monday through Friday. And I don't say that judgmental. I want you to know that. I don't, I'm not saying that to beat you down, make you feel guilty, any of those things. I'm saying, I, I'm praying that this will help you a little bit because I want to hear the voice of God. I want to know what he wants for my life. I want to make the mental shift to what God has for me. But it's always going to be hard. You're always going to wrestle with the voice of God if you're not digesting the word of God. He says in the Bible, my sheep know my voice. And the only way we know it is, is by hearing it, and we, we know it by hearing it, by reading it. And that's what I want to challenge you with today is to, to make that shift. It's all about God's word. You see, our shift in processing is always followed by a display of his power. So it's not, I think we get so many things in Christianity backwards. It's not be fruitful. It's not God makes you fruitful, then you can be faithful. It's that you be faithful, then God makes you fruitful. It's not God is powerful, and then it changes how we think and how we process. No, no, no. We change how we think and how we process, and God displays his power. It's always backwards to what we think it should be, because it's always going to require a level of faith for us to trust in God. So our shift in our affections and in our thoughts and in our actions is always <clears throat> followed by a display of his power. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, like Paul just gets like plain. He just gets like to the mat on it. And he says this, rejoice always. So rejoice always. Pray continually. 
give thanks in all circumstances, this is God's will for your life. So if anyone is ever curious, what, I don't know what God's will in my life is. Take a book from Thessalonians, what he wrote to them, and process it this way. Rejoice always. Well, where does rejoicing come from? Our heart. Your affections are on what you rejoice. Like, look, there are football games happening this weekend in, like, minus 20-degree weather, and some knuckleheads are going to have no shirts on with their faces painted, yelling. Guess where their heart is? On football. And you know it because they're rejoicing. Coldly, but they're, like, you know, like, <laughs> rejoicing happens in our heart. Then what do you say? Pray continually. Where does that happen? In our mind, through our mouth, we, we pray as we're, our mind is focused for this, right? And been, what do you say? Give thanks in all circumstances. And this is God's will for your life. God's will that we would put our affections on him, we would put our thoughts on him, that we would make a mental shift that would dictate the trajectory of our life because God honors that. And if we skip all the way down to verse 24 in 1 Thessalonians 5 and the message paraphrase, because uh, I, I love the way it communicated in this with a little more clarity. It said, the one who called you, say called. And the one who saved you is completely dependable. Listen, if he said it, he'll do it. It means you can put all your confidence in God. You can put 100% of your confidence in the fact that if God said, he'll do it. So we can trust in him. We have to get ourselves aligned with where we're at. So hear me today. Perhaps it's not to have all the answers. It's just to be faithful with our lives. Maybe you're looking for the information you're just never going to have. You can be faithful without all the information. You can keep saying yes, even if you don't know what the end of the road looks like. So our prayer is, God, make me faithful. And I know as I'm faithful, you'll make me fruitful. Because the reality is this, the magic you're looking for is found in the work you're not doing. I read this quote on Instagram a few, few days back, and then I saw it again, and I just kept chewing on it, man. The magic you're looking for is found in the work you're not doing. If you think about it, the, the favor of God in your life is found in the generosity you're withholding. The spiritual healing you're looking for is found in the prayer life you've yet to commit to. Like the, the revelation of who God is in your life is found in the Bible you're not yet reading. Like the, the magic you're looking for, everything you're looking for in your life is found in the things of your life that you've yet to say yes to. And that's why my, I'm here to invite you to the space where you just start saying yes. What does it look like for you to create space with God this week? Wake up 30 minutes earlier so you can be alone with God. And some of you are like, if I wake up 30 minutes earlier, my kids are waking up 30 minutes earlier and it's just not worth it, all right? So, well, if that's the case, all right? So like, <laughs> so leave 30 minutes earlier, get to work 30 minutes earlier and sit in your car and have 30 minutes with God. Like, what would that look like? I'm inviting you to find the space, create the space. Maybe you're a student in here. Like, what would it look like, teenagers, for you to wake up 30 minutes early? What would it look like for you to wake up without your parents waking you up? 
to take time with God to worship, pray, and read your Bible. Like, think of, think of how your parents would be if they walked in your room and they found you and you just were Bible open praying to God right there. And they weren't waking you up. You were inspiring them to go read theirs. Like, think about it, teenager. I'm, man, I'm, I'm serious right now. Like, you could, you could start changing the environment at home instead of waiting on somebody else to change it for you. Like, man, I'm inviting you to say yes. And here's the deal. I want you to know, I believe in you. Like, I believe you can do this. I'm inviting you to you, make your faith your faith and, and don't bank on your parents' faith anymore. Like, I believe you can do it. I, I, this church believes in you. I want you to know that. So, like, the magic you're looking for is found in the work you're not doing. So, like, let's do that. God, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to live a generous life this year. I'm making the mental shift. I'm going to say yes to a reading plan. And here's the deal. If you miss a day, you don't beat yourself up. Just pick up the next day. Whatever, like, man, I'm going to say yes. I know for me and my, and, my, and my wife, when we said yes to God, through all the seasons of our life, when we've been through a lot, a lot of you may not know our whole story. We've been through a lot. Both coming into ministry and changes in ministry and, uh, and, and her mom going to be with the Lord um, and uh, the loss of our son. I mean, we've been through a lot. But here's the one thing we've said every step of the way. Even if it was through tears, God, we want you to get the glory out of our life. If it's in our pain or if it's in our purpose, get the glory out of our life. And we've built our church on the idea that God gets the glory no matter what. We built this whole church culture on God's going to get the glory. And so even when I have questions, God, use my life and get the glory. I'm going to be faithful. I'm inviting you to make the mental shift into faithfulness and watch what God does in your life. So how do I do it? What's the next step for me? I want to give you this. Write down the vision that God is giving you for your life. Write it down. In Habakkuk 2, it said, he said, write the revelation down and make it plain. Some translations say use big letters so that as a runner is passing by, he can get the message and keep on going. And hear me, write the vision down and put it in a place that every morning you can remind yourself of the life you're choosing to live in faithfulness, trusting God that it'll lead to fruitfulness. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be this. And next week, we're going to jump into what it looks like to build values in your home, according to the Bible, that every time you're looking at doing something or changing something, you can measure it against the values and say, this is who God has called us to be. And that'll dictate my yeses and my noes. So you're not in the moment trying to figure out what God wants. You've already figured out what God wants. And it makes it easier to make sure you're going down the right path. And that's why Romans 8.28 says, for we know that in all things, say all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. All things, God's working together for your good. So here, we say this as we close. Let God's vision be so instilled in us that as people pass us by, it's a declaration of God into their lives. Be so committed to faithfulness, be so committed to God, that when people see you, when your neighbor sees you, when your coworker sees you, when the per person you go to school with sees you, when your best friend sees you, they're inspired to the life God wants them to live because of how you're following the life God wants you to live. We can make some changes in people's lives. Let's do it together. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. 
If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. For more information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.